And welcome back to the swamp, everybody. This is the Ogre and the Ass podcast. Eric, how are you doing today? I'm ready to fight. Were you ready to fight? <laughs> you woke up and chose violence. I like that. Yes, I did. You know, you ever have those days you just wake up and you choose violence? Mm, every day. Every day. <laughs> you can't be mad at the milkman. <laughs> every time we see the mailman or someone walk by, just mean mugging them. Choosing violence. Man, when, when did that become a thing now? Every single day. I Like, what is it? Uh, I think on one of the podcasts we had with Grace and Sydney. Uh, Sydney even said, I woke up today choosing violence. Oh, yeah. Like, when did that become a pop culture thing to say? (laughs) I woke up and chose violence. It's a a very, uh, I feel like a very 90s thing, to be honest. Like, with the hip hop era. You think that is? NWA just waking up being violent, you know? (laughs) But we're just kind of late, that's all. We're late to it? Yeah, like back in the day, people (laughs) be like, no, you can't be violent. But now it's like, oh, yes, violence. That's where where it's at. Interesting. Interesting. Violence. Yeah. So violence is where it's at. Yeah. Is that is that your stance? Yes, it is. So if you ever run for office somewhere where that's what's going to be your campaign slogan, <laughs> violence yes. is where it's at. <laughs> Did you know in Washington, I, well, I believe it's still a law in Washington. Please don't quote state me. State or D.C.? It's the state. Oh, man. oh, oh it said sure. Washington, D.C. Whatever. Anyway, right. so in the state of Washington, I believe they have uh, a rule that if like, let's say you and a buddy or you and a buddy, I should say, but you and someone you have some beef with want to fight. Um, you go to a police officer, hey, like we're giving each other like uh, permission to fight. Obviously, like the police officer can mm. be there and then he can mitigate it in the way of like if it turns into de- like something deadly. Yeah. Uh, if you get knocked out and the person keeps hitting you, like something like that. Like, okay, yeah. like, like an actual octagon. Yeah, and I believe that's it. Now, I might be wrong on that. Uh, I could have sworn that's been a thing recently, though. Actually, I respect it. We should do that more often. Do you think that should be a thing? Like, honestly. Bro, if people did that, there would be less Facebook warriors. Like, I'm someone who likes to meme and talk shit online, but I know I can back it up 99% of the time in person, which is why I talk so reckless. <laughs> <laughs> that's what I'm saying. I like so that energy. Thing. So, yeah. wait, so, okay, let's talk about this a little bit then. I want to dive into this, okay? So, you like that energy. So, like, someone yeah. talks a lot of shit on Facebook or oh, Instagram. Yeah. Okay. So, now they've gone and done that, and they're like, man, meet me on the grass by 400 and 400. And you're going to be there. Yep. <laughs> 1230. Just put it down in the books. Okay. All right. So, but here's the thing about that is that bullying that you know that because you, you've done, obviously we've talked, we've had several podcasts, you know how to wrestle, you know how to fight. Um, you know, we've actually even gone to uh, jujitsu together. So would you take the opportunity then to fight? Actually, let me rephrase that. I know you take the opportunity to fight, but is it the right thing to do? Because obviously you know how to fight. Like, you know how to wrestle. Like, and honestly, being a good wrestler gives you, like, <laughs> you'd be able to beat probably 90% of the populace. Because <laughs> most people think they know how to fight. And I am a part of the group that thinks that, like, that is not a thing. Like, unless you have been trained, unless you've had a form of discipline, uh, it's just not a thing. <laughs> people think they know how to fight. And then you see them throw the, like, the ugliest right hook ever that took, you know, 10 minutes to come all the way to. It's a wind so, up. Oh, yeah. <laughs> One of those cartoon wind ups. Yeah, but do you think that's a form of bullying? So is it a form of bullying to re- ask the question one more time? Okay. So because you know how to fight yeah. or wrestle, uh-huh. if you Which, use... Which, by the way, I've been 10 years out of practice. So yeah. Okay, fair yeah. enough. Fair enough. You're really getting out of shape, but yeah, stuff. Exactly. <laughs> you can tell. <laughs> so with that then, um, you instigating stuff on Facebook and then it leading into a physical altercation later on. Is that you bullying? Because obviously you're confident in yourself. You're confident if you were to get in a fight, like you could handle yourself. So is that bullying? I actually never, to be honest, I never thought of it like that. Because mm. I think it's like it's a generational thing. Like, you know, you got people like uh, the mumble rapper generation, the early 2000s kids who fake like they about that life. Then you got people born in the 90s and 80s who are really about that life. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, and you know, you understand because you're born, what, 96, 97? 95, yeah, 95. 95. <laughs> <laughs> Shout out. <laughs> but no, the, the 90, you know, the, that, that 90s generation where it's just like you had to worry about being bullied at school for being fat, ugly, untra- unattractive, whatever. You had to learn mm-hmm. how to fight. No, oh, And so yeah. for, for me, it's not. I was all of those things. <laughs> <laughs> Same here. I was skinny, but I was still a wimp, though, you know, back in the day. Oh, yeah. You know, but um, just. Going back to that question about is is a bullying? No, because your mouth is your representation. That's your PR right there. Your your own personal PR. If you're going to talk all that mess, it's not bullying. But what if I'm you saying is, clapped. if you like instigate it, though, Eric, if you're the one instigating it, 
Okay, yes. we also aren't going to go into this, but you posted something recently <laughs> that received actually much better feedback than I thought it would. But there were some people that rubbed wrong. Oh, yeah, no, it did. The and people I didn't expect either. Like, I was hurt. We don't need to go into that. <laughs> yeah, no, I'm not. But in that regard, though, so <laughs> had someone said, dude, like, that was so offensive what you just put on there. Like, honestly, like, you shouldn't be allowed to just say that willingly. Like, let's take it to the grass. I'll be like, hell yeah. But don't you think that because you instigated it by posting something potentially offen like offensive, that that's your bullying, Okay, okay. Right? Like, you're, you're baiting for a fight. Okay, so, like, like I, I know what you mean. It's kind of like uh, the Cobra Kai thing from from uh, Karate Kid. Obviously, he knows more than, you know, the Karate Kid, so he's going to bully the kid verbally sure. and physically or whatever. Right, he's going to bully him until he instigates a fight out yeah. of him, and then he's going to beat the shit out okay. of him. Okay, and if that's the case... I am more pro Cobra Kai because, again, I'm a 90s kid. And I'm not saying I like bullying, but if you're really going to escalate it yourself and throw a punch, then I have every right, sorry, every, every right to throw hands back with you. Now, with that said, I do agree that to a certain extent, you know better. And in any type of martial arts, they teach you self-restraint. And if I were to act like this in the actual dojo, I'd be very disgraceful. You know, because mm -hmm. you know better. You know you can whip this kid's ass outside of a dojo, even inside of a dojo. So why instigate it? Why not just punch up? And for me, I'm an equalist. I like to punch up, down, right, left, and center. I, I, I like to hit anybody who'll take it. All but right. I do agree, though, that it is technically bullying. Yes. It's the first time I ever crossed my legs up on this podcast. And I'm very, very feminine of you. <sighs> Thank you. Do you have something to say, Tom? Oh, dang. We just realized we never turned off the air conditioning. Oh, dang it. <laughs> Go ahead and turn that off real fast. Yeah, I got you. So... No, so this is really where my thoughts lie. So, uh, you know, th there's that form of bullying, which you totally get, you know, uh, uh, where you instigate someone, you're constantly pushing them to want to choose violence. <laughs> well, you got to walk across the camera like that. Uh, that's my Madonna look. It's all good. Fortnite. <clears throat> so you push someone to want to choose violence against you because you know you can beat their ass. And yeah, that's definitely a form of bullying. And it's like, well, they, they chose to swing first. Maybe they chose to fight. Maybe they agreed to it. But you know what you're doing, right? You know, like when you bait somebody. So yeah. I, in that regard, I don't I don't agree with it. Like, I'm a big dude. I could definitely defend myself. You know, obviously, okay. I've done boxing. Done, I did jiu-jitsu with you for a bit. Um, where I think I still know more than most. Obviously, I'm still, <laughs> I could still get my shit raw. Oh, I can't tell and, you. And, oh, yeah, for sure. Yeah. Absolutely. And but that being said, like, of course, we could go around picking on people until they instigate something or until they choose to uh, pick violence back. And that would just be wrong. I think that really would be like there's picking up to choose. Like there's I think there's a difference. OK. And we need to talk about this confrontation. Yeah. Yeah. Waking up, choosing violence. Obviously, it's just a funny term. It's a funny saying. It is. And that's what it's used for. It's used as a funny saying. In reality, I think it's a way of saying today I'm not putting up with people's bullshit. OK. Yeah. Like, and that could come from the a person who is actually being bullied, which I highly recommend if you are one, uh, pick up, wake up and choose violence for once. Oh yeah. I'm, I'm a firm believer. I don't care about like what other people say. We can go toe to toe. Um, the best way in the world to stop a bully is hit him in the, in the mouth. Oh, that's worth hit him in the mouth. For me Guess what? Up. You're right. You're right. And you might get your shit rocked, but at least now they know, oh man, now I got to be careful. Like at least now they know, like you're going to do something about it. Never in the history of ever have I ever heard someone talk about like, yeah, this person like fought back. And even though they lost, like, yeah, I had no respect for them. Like, no, we always have respect for the person who finally sticks up for themselves. Oh, yeah. So confrontation. I think going out and choosing to start it is wrong. But I think waking up and choosing to end it is right. Oh, yeah. That's where I that's I, that's where I'm at. Yeah. It, it, and like you mentioned before, we can talk about like, you know, I feel like how you go about it, like how far you take it. I mean, like I said, you know, they teach you self-restraint in every single, you know, discipline out there. They don't want you to go super far because you just, you're just being extra at that point. Oh yeah. You know, like where, for example, in the octagon, when someone's already knocked out, you're going for another hit. Obviously that's illegal. You know, that's an asshole move. Mm -hmm. So I'm just saying, like you said, go out there and finish it, but be tactful about it. You Dude, know? I remember, I think it was during one of the Connor Diaz fights, one of the preliminary fights uh, leading up to it. There was a guy uh, you know, like when fighters, when they first start the round, like the very first round, they'll go up and they'll do like a fist bump. Well, a dude went up, faked the fist bump and went for a punch <laughs> and he, he ended up losing the fight. Actually. He actually ended up, yeah, we were at Buffalo Wild Wings, I think, watching that fight. And, uh, oh, after man. that, I was just like, man, like that was retarded to do that. Like, what did you think would happen? Yeah. I just used the word retarded. Dang it. Uh, <laughs> canceled. No, it's, uh, I'm like, man, like that's, that's such a tone about you. Like yeah. you're willing to be fake to win. I don't know. Like I, that's that's a whole other thing. Obviously, we can get into that. 
But confrontation in particular, um, I think everyone has stories in their life of where they've avoided confrontation and when they've addressed it. I've hoped, I boy, do I hope people have stories of when they've addressed it. Oh, yeah. I, I, I. I think there are people who don't. <laughs> in all no, honesty. I, I believe a lot of people don't do that. A lot of people don't. To be yeah. honest... I've gotten fired from multiple jobs for confronting things. Oh my gosh, I know. You have been, huh? <laughs> yeah, so just let the record show. Like, if Eric's ever an employee of yours or coworker, that being said, just because you're at a job does not mean you are exempt from ass whoopings. <laughs> no matter the job, <laughs> no amount of vaccines will make you immune to his work. <laughs> exactly. And, and the thing is, you know, like I said earlier, like well, what you said earlier, uh, I don't I do agree that I do push things too far. But if I feel like I'm being, you know, you know, attacked, like, again, I'm a 90s kid. I'm gonna go out there and say, hey, look, there's an issue. You know, I'm gonna be very verbal about it. Yeah, let's absolutely. It. But obviously in the workplace and in the real world, quote unquote, that's not acceptable because and I hate that rule. It's not acceptable. And that's what wouldn't you agree? That's, that's the issue of most people, especially in America. The things that aren't oh, acceptable boy. should be acceptable. Boy. You know, that's why you get school shooters, is- for example. <laughs> I'm serious. You get school shooters because they get bullied for all their lives. You know, for the since they, the day they were born, they were bullied, and then out of nowhere, when they try and you know speak up, no one wants to listen to them because they're the anime kids, the golf kids, the weirdos. You know, offense. You know, I love those kids. Oh, but, I love anime. Oh yeah, exactly. But I'm, what I'm saying is this: it's healthy to confront these issues because if not, you're going to grow up resentful and hateful. Which is why I am how I am today, because I can take a joke at the same time. You know, if something gets set, set out of pocket, you know, obviously there's lines that I draw. And, you know, I don't mind being confrontational about that. And mm-hmm. so that's what separates me from a lot of people. Now, with that said, I'm not going to say it's healthy because, again, I've been fired from multiple jobs. But at least I can, you know, go to bed <laughs> saying I have self-respect. That's Broke, true. But I have self-respect. <laughs> <laughs> hey, I'll take it. But what are your thoughts on that? Okay. Um, absolutely. You need to protect your self-respect. Now, I think you should still hold boundaries and restraint on yourself and you can hold like, um, okay. I had a job once when I lived up in Rexburg, Idaho, another Rexburg story. Mm. (laughs) This guy was the biggest asshole I've ever met and he took pride in it and he thought he was an amazing boss. Okay. Oh my gosh, guys, listen to the story. You'll learn about what not to do. So he would actually hold classes teaching people how to be a good boss. And I will say there's only one bit of advice he ever gave me that I ever use now for interviews, like, or if I were to ever interview again, I would use it. Um, but uh, he was an, oh my gosh, he was such a jerk. Okay. So one thing he did is he micromanaged you. Okay. Now everyone hates micromanagers. So imagine it was back. It was a warehouse job. I was just trying to pay the bills as I went through college. Um, you're scanning boxes just right there, just like on a little platform. And he comes and he sits like a foot and I mean that. I'm not trying to be like facetious here. I mean, uh, his either his body is like a foot away from yours, and he's just watching you scan. And I wanted to be there. That's I was like, so petty. I just looked at him. I was just like, "Can I help you?" And he's like, "Oh, I'm just watching what you're doing." And then I said, "Can't you watch from further away?" And he just looked at me like, "I can't believe you talked to a boss that way." Don't let bosses bully you, first of all. Don't ever let that happen. Because now you got me choosing violence right now. I'm about to go off on something. It feels good, don't No, it? I hated him. I hated him. I hope you hear this, Paul. I, I won't say it. I hate you. I love you. I was going to say another word. But <laughs> From the deepest pits of my soul. For the sake of that, my mom was probably watching. <laughs> I won't say the other word. But um, no, I was so mad at him. Because what he started doing, too, is that he'd brag about banging other co-workers' wives. Like, he wanted to. I'm sorry, he didn't do it. But he was he was like, man, I just want to bang his wife so bad and all this other stuff. And I'm like, what? See, like I said, like, there's lines. Like, like I'm I just I'm standing there. I'm like, first off, and I, I kid you not, shit you not, right now, hand, hand to God, I'd been working there like two weeks and he's telling me this. As if they're like, we're best friends. Like, he could be, tell me this. I'm like... Why would I be okay with this? Then he starts telling me that some of the same people, he's talking about their wife. He's like, yeah, I'm trying to get them fired right now. Like literally setting them up for failure. And he told me how. And I'm just like, what makes you think I like you? Like you sound like an awful human being. Okay. So I'm going to tell the story now, guys. You got me going. So just to finish the story now, choosing confrontation and having self-respect for yourself. Okay. Having known people who have been mistreated um, in every form, I believe, in a workplace, whether it just be like, 
uh, verbally, physically, and sexually abused in the workplace, like I have zero tolerance for it. Mm -hmm. So one thing uh, that we did is that I got all the workers together. And again, I'd been there like a month and a half. I, had, I don't know why they trusted me so much or liked me, but I think it's because finally someone was willing to stand up to them. We wrote a letter of all the things this guy did wrong, like our own Declaration of Independence. <laughs> And we went to the CFO and we slipped it under his door. Uh, the CFO, just because he was the one who was going to be in that day. So we slipped it under his door. Days go by. And finally, there's this meeting that happens. And he gets all the warehouse workers into the this meeting or this conference room. Then I'll say, so Paul was the manager. And Boyd, I'll say his name is Boyd. Uh, Boyd was the CFO. And Boyd kind of addresses it and is like, hey, guys, like I, I saw these concerns come up. We've talked about it. We need to talk about this in general. And then Paul, because, you know, Boyd is, he, he was afraid of confrontation. So Paul kind of just takes over the meeting and is just like, Thomas, I know you're the ringleader behind all this and like all this other stuff and da 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 all this. And uh, he'd be like, oh, I didn't say any of these things. And I literally, I slapped the desk. I won't do it right now because I don't want to ruin the audio. But he, I slapped the desk and I was like, you're freaking lying to everyone right now, Paul. And I wish you were a man to actually say what you meant. Tell them how you wanted to bang his wife. And I pointed at the dude too. Like, tell him. Tell him how you wanted to sleep with his wife. I love Go tell the CEO. Drama. Go tell the CEO how bad you wanted to bang his wife. I bet you don't have the balls to do that. And I was so mad. Because again, all, and the thing too about that, I know I was coming off like three or four hours of sleep. So I was already I was already in a bad place. Um, to be honest with you, this is actually one of the first times in my life I think I've ever actually stood up to myself for myself in like in a, in a big way. Yeah. And I, I'll get into why I think that was later. But uh, and then he go he goes back and forth with me, and he's like, Thomas, ever since you started, things have just been up in smoke for me. And I said, Why do you think that is, Paul? He had no idea. He's like, I, Honestly, I don't know. Like, I don't know. I, I, I don't know why everything's going up in smoke right now. And all I said, because I'm not afraid to call you on your bullshit. Everyone here has a family they're trying to support. Because I'm a college kid. I don't care. You're not going to scare me with money. The hell? I'm in college. Right. Like, I know how to go make money on my own. Illegal. <laughs> I know people who sell Adderall if I need to go do that. Like, <laughs> you think I'm scared? <laughs> anyway, not to put it. <laughs> right. Don't want the police called right now. <laughs> don't, don't come at me. <laughs> yeah, police. I'm waiting. No, <laughs> Um, like, on, but honestly, like, you're not going to scare me with the job. Like there's plenty of open others. There's yeah. And, um, and I said that too, like people here are just intimidated that they're going to lose their job. So they can't support their family. Cause everyone else besides one of the part-time workers was, uh, was married and not in college. This was how they supported their family. Yeah. And after that, Boyd finally kind of came back in and he's like, Hey guys, listen, like we need to just resolve this. We need to get back to work because deliveries were not going out that day because <laughs> all everyone stopped. No, no deliveries were going out. And they're like, listen, we really need to get back. If we need to address this, we can. And Boyd did his best to kind of calm it down. All right. And I'm like, you know what, Paul, if like, I don't care about you at all, uh, but let's just move forward. Okay. Unless it's about work, let's just not talk to each other. He said, all right. Oh, and by the way, this guy would say the N-word repeatedly. So oh there's a view reason right there. Oh, he was a hick. He was a hick from Wyoming. He was a hick from, oh, no, no, no. Oh, he was from, was he it? was actually from Idaho. Oh, was shoot. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, he dropped the N-word pretty often. Oh, Again, like he thought he was funny. Um, I mean, if you're a comedian, that's, that's one thing. Was it a hard R? Or? No, his wife was a joke. <laughs> oh, dude. He, he walked in one day with a big ass smile on his face. And uh, he, I was like, hey, Paul, why are you happy? He's like. I woke up this morning and got some sex. <laughs> I was like, dude, just, you know, the okay. Anyway, so moving on, I'm actually not done with the story. This is to show you confrontation. Guys, I'm so sorry. I went off on this tangent. No, I, like let, this. I like this. I like this. Let me hear this. I'm okay? not done yet. I'm not done yet. But wait, there's more. <laughs> um, okay. So we go about our way. Now he pulls me aside when I, it was probably that same day or the next day. And he's like, Thomas, I just want you to know something like, cause the CFO told him in that meeting, Paul doesn't have the power to fire people. <laughs> so he got, he got his checked right there, right in the balls. <laughs> and he's like, okay, well, I may not have power to fire people, but I know how to get people fired. And I was just kind of sat there. I'm like, huh? And then he's like, well, your, your 90 day reviews coming up and I just don't think you're going to make it. Well, Paul, you shouldn't have said that because <laughs> now I don't give a shit. So going on, I just, and I didn't say anything back. I didn't confront him when he told me that because right when he said that the mastermind plan came to mind. Okay. Uh, 
90 day month, 90 day mark was coming up. Paul was always reassuring me. I just don't think you're going to make it. Okay. Well, around that 90 day mark, since I was already for sure, like, screw this place. I'm not working for Paul. He's an asshole. I don't care about this job. Um, he had a two week vacation coming up. Now we were understaffed. I think you told me about I this think, part. Yeah, I definitely <laughs> did. He had a two week vacation coming up and guys, we were dreadfully understaffed. And I knew, I was like, wait a second. If I don't come in, he can't go on his vacation. So I waited. (laughs) And I didn't, uh, I just, that the day of when he was supposed to leave for his vacation. So it was a Monday. And actually, no, he's going to leave on a Tuesday. So he's going to leave the next day. I went into work. I opened up. That was the best part too. I opened up. So I opened up all the doors, turned on all the lights, dropped off all my equipment, threw the keys somewhere in the room. I don't even know where I put them. (laughs) Just threw them in the room and I walked out and I went home and went right back to bed. (laughs) Wake up two hours later with phone calls from the CFO, from the man, er, from Paul too. So from Boyd and Paul. And they're like, dude, are are you serious? Like all all this other stuff. Like, I I can't believe you did this. And And I just didn't reply. Okay. Now. I saw a buddy who worked there. In fact, he reached out to me not too long ago. It was kind of interesting. And uh, it it was some months later. I'm like, hey, man, like, how's it going? He's telling me about how it's going at the job. I won't, I won't drop their name uh, because they're so petty. They, they probably would sue us if I dropped their name. But uh, he's, I asked him about Paul. He's like, so what happened to Paul? And he told me exactly what I thought would happen. He's like, yeah, he could not go on his vacation now because of it. Like he lost his vacation that he planned out with his family. Oh no. Because of that. And I was like, it was just petty part on me. I don't care. It's pettiness. Tom okay. Petty. Tom Petty. Oh, that's beautiful. <laughs> Tom Petty. Second thing with that is that because of what we wrote in that letter and after I quit, apparently they took it seriously after I quit. Because I, I, it was like, I made a big uproar about it. Like I made it known. I don't like you. You're a piece of shit and you, re- and you, disre- like you mistreat women. Okay. They set up cameras. Didn't know this. They set up cameras. No one knew. None of the warehouse workers knew. They set up cameras because there was the warehouse and then there was like a, a, a retail part of the building where people could come in and actually buy the product. And we they caught him on camera, like trying to nip at a customer's ass. Oh my gosh. Caught him on camera. Boom. Right there. Saw it. Go for oh, it. And I was like, what? are you serious? Like, yep. We canned his ass. He was gone. I was like, you should listen to me the first time I approached you with that letter. <laughs> I'll never, I don't think I'll ever be someone's uh, employee again anytime soon. But uh, if I am somehow ever your employee, you are not safe for me in that regard. If you're like, dude, this girl's got a great ass. Like, I'm going to try and grab it when she walks by. I'll be there like, I promise I'll meet you with my right hook if I see that shit. Like, I'm not a good employee because I don't, I don't care about your business. I really, right. I'm not going to lie. I don't care about your business. No, yeah. You're the one, you're yeah. the one who has the ownership. You're the one who's going to make all the money and be rich. Why do I care? Exactly. I don't give a shit. I don't you know, care like, that sounds either. I mean, the, the the least you can leave them is like your self respect. You know. Well, if, yeah. Because like like you said, they own the business. You know, they get the better pay and all this other stuff. The only thing you you really lose is your self respect if you don't act upon what's good. You know, and that's something I've heard actually from a uh, you know a good psychologist. He talks about you know why people are so miserable, especially at work, is that they're not living their fulfilled life. You know, they, oh yeah, they just. Say okay, you're my boss, so I have to do this, even though I'm no, against it. Hell no, yeah, exactly. Hell no, and I definitely learned that back in Florida. You know, when I had to work with uh, you know a bunch of people who I thought, since we're all skin folk, we were kin folk, but that's not a real thing. Mm-hmm. You can work with a bunch of white people. I promise you, they're probably not your not your kin folk. Same thing. With Please, they'll be exactly. the first ones I'm mean to. You kidding me? Exactly. The first Same thing ones I with, uh, with uh, black people. It's like you think, oh, we it's a black you know owned business. You know, we can all get along. No, no, oh. and. The thing is, I've learned there especially to, like you said, you know, and I learned in Idaho to stick up for yourself. I learned in Florida to really stick up to myself because, you know, I was the only decent paying job in that area of Florida that I was living in. But I was like, I'm not going to leave here every day with, you know, feeling disrespected. So my first real? my first day on the job, I got into it with the administrator and he was just like, you know, why did you, uh, you know, attack this kid? And it's like, well, why did your kid attack me first? And then he he didn't comprehend it. He's like, well, on camera it looks. I know what the camera looks like, but we also we also have witnessed what actually happened. 
And I'm here to tell you, I don't know what kind of business you're running here, but on the West Coast, we don't do that. If you're going to throw hands, throw hands properly. And he got really butthurt about that. He says, you know, you're going to make me come out of my skin one day. And I said, all right, that's fine. I don't Come mind. out of your skin. <laughs> exactly. Well, I, I mean, I mean, you're not immune to the work. <laughs> Bosses are not immune to the work. Okay. Exactly. Confrontation, and especially so, in the workplace. Sorry, go ahead. No, no. I was going to say, and so uh, basically the next day he came up to me and apologized because he saw the whole camera. He talked to witnesses about what happened on camera. And, you know, me and him were chill. But... Even afterwards, you know, he was so good at just BSing all staff and, you know, you know, a lot of the people who didn't kiss his ass are, are the people he was good at BSing people who didn't kiss his ass, I should say, you know, and I wasn't one of those people. And so I got into it with him and, and a few other people in the hierarchy of the business. And this is a chosen facility, lockdown. You For know? real. For real. And so I learned quickly just, oh, people respect strength. And so when it, whether, whether it's the kids, you know, being confrontational with them or the adults, people learn quickly that I'm... <laughs> I was very harsh on everybody. And they loved me too because I was always came into work. I did my job. I did, you know, I helped out where I could, but then I went home. But the point I was making with the story is just like just like you learned in Idaho, I learned in Florida. Self-respect goes a long way. You know, no ever don't ever let somebody talk down to you. Don't ever let anybody make you feel like you're, you know, less than. Absolutely. You know? And I think that's a proper time to pick confrontation, guys. Um there are people who will say like violence is never the answer. And my kind of rebuttal to that was like, that is, I mean, I think that's absolutely dumb. Violence should never be your first answer. Absolutely. That's, that's, that's ridiculous. Yeah. Don't ever let violence be your first answer unless it's absolutely required, but it damn sure should be on the list of options to pick. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Why? Cause there are some people just saying, Hey, stop it. It doesn't work clearly. Right. Yeah. Like, I'm not trying to be mean, but I should be, I should have friends who don't have to feel like they have to carry pepper spray at night when they go walking. Yeah. Or that they have to stay within the street lamps. Why? Because, oh, sometimes when you tell people no or stop, they don't listen. Right. They get mixed signals somehow. Yeah. Oh. Like, as though this is a debate. <laughs> this is not Congress. No. <laughs> no. Yeah. So, no, absolutely. Like, violence, I think, needs to be an opportunity on there. And, of course, there's so many people who can go into psychology of it, um, not for political reasons, and I need to say this now, but I do like some of what Jordan Peterson talks about. Um, again, I'm not on the political side of anything. Oh, you know, he's all psychology. That's why I like him. Yeah. yeah. But he talked about, like, no, there's no virtue in not, in, in not being violent, or I should say in the... Not even having potential to be violent. Yeah, There's no be, virtue yeah, in that. Yeah, being passive. You know, when he, when he says you're like a bunny rabbit, that's not a good thing. You don't want to be Bambi. That's yeah. not cute. <laughs> no, and, it, well, and that's like, that's that thing too. And I don't want to just backpack off his work. I want to go off my own beliefs as well. But it's that thing of like, if people know, if people know they can bully you, someone's going to take advantage of it. Someone, someday, somewhere will do it. Yeah. Unless you completely shelter yourself and you never get out of it. And where this still creates problems today, absolutely. Are there people who can't defend themselves maybe due to disability or some sort of illness that stopped them? Yeah. And but, I would hope, I would definitely hope that people who are capable, such as moi and you, yeah. <laughs> that we'd step in and be like, okay, well, now you get a two-piece and a biscuit because you <laughs> thought you could get brave with the wrong one. <laughs> exactly. Like, 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 yeah, that's true. If you do know somebody who's getting bullied because, you know, they can't physically, hurt, you know, protect themselves, just call me or, you know, the over. Oh, absolutely. You we don't look, mind. Yeah, please. This is a safe place in all ways. <laughs> we, yeah. <laughs> This, this house shall be safe. <laughs> exactly. Now, with that said, will we, you know, ch you know, throw jokes at each other and, you know, mess around? Yes. But when it comes to, like, serious stuff, like actual bullying, you know, we don't talk And for that. legal reasons, uh, this threat of violence is a joke. Yeah, of course, of course, of course. <laughs> for legal reasons, it's all a joke. Yes. And we mar we'll mark this as entertainment, so you can't say otherwise. <laughs> now, any uh, on that being said, no, like, violence, I, I truly believe it, it's not the first answer. And yeah. people who think it is need to get checked. Oh, yeah. <laughs> they need to go see a psychiatrist. You know, it's crazy about that. You know, I learned from a, as a kid. And okay, so I used to go to the Boys and Girls Club in East Palo Alto. Oh man, yeah. So it was uh, back in the late '90s, early 2000s that I went, and I remember I got bullied all the time. This is back when I had no balls. You know, and they didn't drop at all. <laughs> mm -hmm. All right, and I remember that uh, my mom. It, all right, it was first, it started with my brothers, you know, and then, you know, me, you know, my uh, sisters, they'd come in and help me out at the Boys and Girls Club when I was getting bullied in the bathroom. I was like, that's so embarrassing. First off, to have your old, you know, your elder brethren protect you. So embarrassing. Because, you know, they they handle themselves, you know, they got face in the, in the, in the you know, the neighborhood. Everybody knows them, so it's different. But I remember one day, you know, I got to a boiling point to where I got off and told mom what happened, you know, and she told me, 
she she literally ripped me a new one. It says, "I am sick and tired of you getting your ass beat." She cursed at me. Forget 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 my ass beat. I said, like, "I'm the victim, mom. I'm the victim." <laughs> exactly. And she she was funny. She said, "No, for now on, I need you to line them up and knock them down." And I was like, "Dang, all right, all right, fine." And so obviously, you know, when you come into your own, you're gonna take a first L sticking up for yourself. Of unless, course, unless you're like everyone's you know, taking L's. Everyone exactly. does. Anyone tells you that I've never lost a fight. Yeah, they have. They're lying to you. Oh yeah. Or it's that, or they've been in one fight, and I was like, with the little kid. Exactly. <laughs> they lying. <laughs> and I remember I took, you know, a couple of L's sticking up for myself, but then I remembered, oh, I'm sticking up for myself. And then it escalated. It got better, better throughout my years. And of course, you know, that, like I said before, in every fight I won, and, you know, the fights were, you know, I, I fought someone, let's say, in the sixth grade, and he was like three, grade, three grades bigger than me, because that was a thing, too, back in Modesto when I first moved out there. We used to always fight with these uh, Mexicans. And it was funny. Me and my friends, you know, they're all black and, you know, Mexican mixed. We used to always fight these other Mexican people. And they'd every day after school, they'd come in and, you know, bully us, you know, fight with us. And, you know, I never liked to fight, period. But by that point, you know, I was already told to, you know, defend myself. And so I remember, you know, one of the homeboys came up to me, you know, he slapped me inside my head. And I was trying to be peaceful. I was like, you know, I just don't want to fight. I was still soft. Even though, you know, even though years prior to that, my mom was like, learn to stick up for yourself. And by the time I had moved to Modesto, you know, as a uh, young teenager, I remember, you know, I was slowly starting to fight people. And so even though I was still hesitant, I still wanted to fight. So anyway, long story short, he um, hit me a second time. I was like, you know what? Screw it. So I started swinging on him and I started actually making contact with us. Like, oh, this feels pretty good, actually. <laughs> and then <laughs> it does feel nice when you hit someone and their eyes roll back for a second. Exactly. Like, oh. And I remember um, him getting knocked to the ground and out of nowhere, his older brother, I was in the sixth grade, his older brother was eighth grader came out of nowhere just knocked me out i was like oh shit this is actually hurts <laughs> and then i got up and you know because i fell to the ground i got up and you know and i tried to fight him again and then you know hit me a second time and then by the second time, i was like all right you know what i looked at him I actually said this hey look you win all right i can't i can't beat you and so the fight was you know everybody who was fighting at the time was done you know it's kind of like the warriors you know everybody was fighting each other but as soon as i got knocked down twice everybody's like all right we're done and then here's the most embarrassing thing and again it's, it's, it's a shame when your siblings have to step in. Literally, all my friends, you know, they walk me to my house. It's two blocks down the street, you know. And my brother, he was living there at the time. This is like early 2000s. Charlie or Kenny? Uh, Charlie, yeah. Okay. It's back when he first moved in with us uh, from, I think, uh, Hayward or East Palo, oh, yeah, East Palo Alto. Anyway, he uh, they all said, you know, they, they all explained what had happened. And then, again, it's embarrassing because it was him, his wife at the time, his homeboy at the time. <laughs> And my other sister at the time, and plus all my friends, we walked to this dude's house, you know, this, uh, this eighth grader's house. And, you know, my brother, and he's very old school gangster. Like, he used to run the streets in the, in the EPA back in the day. He was old school, but classy about it. He said, hey, so I heard, you know, y'all have some issues going on. And I can tell there's like a big age difference between you two. So what can we do to, you know, rectify the situation? You know, he was very, you know, Malcolm X with his speech when he went in there. And then the egg grader, he just stammered and said, I apologize. I didn't know. And then, you know, we were all good. We shook hands on it. And then we just walked back to the house. And I'm like, I don't know. All my friends loved my older brother. But me, I was like, damn it. <laughs> Your older brother had to come fix it. Come to the rescue. Save Eric's ass. Exactly. So uh, my whole point with that story is just, confrontation you know from what my mom told me has taught me is it's necessary like you said when you're being bullied constantly but it should never be the first thing because like i said even when i was a kid living in the bay area going to the boys and girls club obviously you know i didn't choose violence i still still try to be nice but i slowly tried to defend myself after mom talked to me but then as i moved to you know modesto in the early 2000s and you know and i was still getting bullied somewhat i still tried my best to be negotiable but i was less afraid to throw hands yeah and so it's just funny. That's all. And it's how, how, I don't know, just how that, how, how confrontation just works out in the end. Like, like you said, I don't think you should always look for it, but I definitely believe in, you know, sticking up for yourself. Yeah. Uh -huh. You know, it's funny. I think, boy, for me, cause I definitely, I had my fair share of bullying growing up, but I don't know what it was. So like, well, I think there was this like one, I don't know why, and no disrespect to the people in my life, but I, I did have a certain upbringing of, for a while at least, of don't touch people. Like, go go get someone. And I hated that. Oh, yeah. yeah. I hated it. And I think it was actually when I found rugby. And that's why I was around that same timeline, too, that I was telling you about that job. Found rugby. And Polynesians, 
You got to love them. They're going to teach you life lessons quick because you won't survive. You won't make it. That's true. You won't survive. And, you know, I'm getting taught how to play by Tongans, Samoans, Hawaiians, all these different people. Right. And you just have to have that that attitude about you. Sometimes they're going to hit you like when no one's looking, they're going to hit you. Shit, they'll, they'll hit you when people are looking. <laughs> they don't care. <laughs> and and the only way to get respect, you better learn to swing back. And, you know, it's funny. It doesn't create fear in them, but it's like, oh, OK, now I'm done. Like, that's it. Did I get hit a few times? Yep. When I learned to punch you back and then I realized like, oh, I'm actually kind of strong. It stopped happening. And actually rugby went on to be one of my, actually my favorite sport till to this day. And I will say that that sport taught me more about life than any other sport, any other. And I still use those lessons to this day. Uh, so if you, if you feel like, oh, I'm just, I'm not good enough or anything, go play rugby. Cause everyone's like, oh, you gotta be a big dude. No, you don't. The scariest dude on the team was five foot five. Cause he didn't care how big you were. You were going to get that work. <laughs> he did not care. You, yeah. and he'd look at you too. And he'd hit you. He didn't care. Uh, I think he was, I think he was from Tonga. So he, he didn't give a shout crap. Out, shout out to the Yetis. Rexburg. Mm, no, that's right. The Rexburg <laughs> Yetis right there. I'll do a shout out for him. His name was Jason and he didn't care. I remember he, him actually. Yeah. He was a great guy. He was awesome. Yeah. But if you crossed him wrong, like you were going to hear about it. So I, I loved it. Rugby taught me how to, how to address confrontation. Cause then it also taught me like, oh, you're out there getting hit, beat up. And you're like, Hey, this actually isn't that bad. <laughs> and then it kind of keeps going. And then, yeah, you know, you get in fights after that too. But yeah, that was one thing for me is like, I think doing or playing rugby taught me so much of like, everyone's made out of flesh and bone. Like you just know how you feel and you're like, oh, dang, that hurts. You don't know when you hit that other person, they're probably thinking, damn, that hurt. <laughs> yep. Why? Maybe that's the first time someone hit them back. I don't know. Yeah. You don't know. For some bullies, it usually is. Some bullies never been hit. And then you finally hit them back and like, oh. That's what it feels like, that like that Family Guy skit <laughs> when Joe gets oh, stabbed yeah. and the guy who stabbed him stabs himself. Like, oh, I've been doing this to people. Oh, gosh. I deserve to be in prison. <laughs> so, yeah, that's that's my take on it. If you're someone, you find yourself non-confrontational or you lean towards it, that's fine. There's nothing wrong with it. Absolutely not. And I think people need to learn to be more negotiable, to be more reasonable uh, and to and in, in moments lean away from confrontation. Uh, there have been moments I've leaned away from it. Where it's like, I think I had every right to. I felt like I had the right to. But the reason I leaned away was like, this won't end well for someone. That's if true. you start confrontation with the wrong person, you will meet people who are just like, I don't care. I win in the end. And that could be, I'm going to use a knife. I'm going to yeah. use a weapon. I'm going to grab a weapon. I'm going to jump you. I'll get you later. Like, it can turn into that. Yeah. You need to know when to walk away. Yeah. but also when to stick up. And that can be, you got to be intuitive. You got to be able to I like listen to your gut. No, you're, you're right about that. I just had a flashback. Remember that, remember that old man uh, last year in purple who called me the N word. Yes. I remember that you, then you posted about it, which was the funny post. What, I, what did you say? Exactly? Uh, I'll have to look it up, I, man. I hope you get COVID. No, I don't remember what it was. I'll have to, I'll have to look it up. I don't oh, okay. remember that post, but yeah, someone, I remember that you yeah. came home and you're like, you offered someone like a burrito that night too. And then this old man, what do you say? He was like, da 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 da, N word. Oh, yeah. Okay. So basically, I was walking around. Uh, this is near uh, the Target of Provo. And oh, yeah. Near, yeah, near yeah. the bridge. I feel you. And I was just walking around. It's like nighttime, like 10 o'clock. And uh, there's like a group of people under the bridge. And um, I see some kid running back, right? From underside of the bridge, from, you know, the underside coming towards me. And I was like, oh, okay, whatever. Probably just jogging. And so a couple people came out. And uh, I was like, oh, hey, and I could tell they were poor. You know, I was like, oh, hey, you want a burrito? And, you know, the woman, you know, one of the people said, yeah, sure. Thank you. And then she asked me, hey, do you uh, know who threw a rock at us? And, then, you know, it, obviously it clicked pretty quick because the dude ran out pretty fast, you know. And I was like, oh, no, no. But I did see someone run past me like 30 seconds ago. She says, oh, that must have been him then. But there were two other dudes. One dude was with her. And then another guy was far back. He's the older dude. He came up out of nowhere. He didn't hear the whole conversation. So he figured I was the guy who threw the rock. And he says, hey, you N-word, hard R. Did you throw that rock? Uh, and let me, let me tell you, it's been a long time since I've been called the N-word. All right. But I remember when I heard it, it clicked in my mind. I was like, you're like in your seventies and you're old. I will destroy you. And I started, okay. and I started exactly. You're, I, you're I started, clearly <laughs> homeless and so no one's going to miss you. Like, exactly. I, know, I'm exactly. Just exactly. Mean, I started cursing them out. And within like, you know, 45 seconds, you know, the, you know, the woman got involved and she was trying to calm him down. He kept on, you know, saying all type of shit to me. And, you know, I started getting aggressive too. And then I was like, Oh wait, what am I doing? I had to stop myself. First off, he's a literal troll under a bridge. Yeah. He's well, a, Mentally, he's probably not all the way there. Doesn't excuse him, but again, 
he's, he has his own little demons he's dealing with. And then second, you know, if I were to continue to be aggressive and take him out, she would get in the way trying to be the peacemaker. And then I'll, I would probably on accident hit her just because she's in the way. Just on accident. Yeah. yeah. I'm, and, yeah. and I'm just like, well, what am I doing? And I really had to think about that within like, you know, the span of 10 seconds of hearing her try to break it up. It's like, what am I doing? This is unnecessary. You nice. Exactly. It's you've like changed. You, you've gotten soft. <laughs> what you you soft. About? You soft as hell. No, soft. no, I even told you that night. Like, why didn't you call me? Oh, like, yeah, I'm sorry. Yeah, I don't no. care. Be homeless. You don't get to talk to people all you want. I don't get, I don't give a shit about your situation. <laughs> you don't get to be an asshole for the sake of bullying. Cause like, what, you got a hard life. So do we all. Some of the best people I've ever met. Li- one of the best men I ever met in my life lived out of a van for 20 years. Not because it was the hip thing to do, <laughs> because it was the only thing he could afford to do. Yeah. And so, like, to me, I'm like, nah, like, it's a hard situation. You drop the N-word. You deserve to get your ass kicked like anybody else. Yeah, I mean. The, get him the East Palo Alto treatment. <laughs> bet I, you won't say that there. That's why he said it, because he's in Provo. He knows there's just one person walking around. Sure. Bet you. I bet you he wouldn't go up to West Valley and say it. Bet you he wouldn't go to Modesto and say it. Nah. I know damn straight he wouldn't go to the Bay and say it. <laughs> Let me catch you in Oakland dropping with that same language. There are no-go zones for that N-word. <laughs> yeah, that guy. No. But well, I, mean, I did it mainly for her, though. Was that like, was nice of you. Yeah, that was nah, nice of you. That yeah, was big of you. I don't know if I'd be the same way. <laughs> Okay, I'll give her a show. <laughs> there you go. I know y'all can't afford the UFC fight, so here you go. Right, all right. <laughs> we are live, Bruce Buffer. <laughs> I don't care if people do or don't like what we're saying. By the way, oh, like yeah. there are times too, and I don't. I don't care. Um, you can be like, well, people are going to talk their crap. I don't know. I feel like that's something about it. Like, yeah, you don't have to fight everybody, and. I, maybe again, maybe sometimes I'm too quick to pull a trigger on stuff. Not literally, but you know what I mean? Like to, to be violent, to be more physical now, to use more of my prowess that I have. Um, but, you know, and I guess we're all on a different spectrum with that. I don't know, but I just feel like if you're going out of your way, and I mean really out of your way to be an asshole, like he walked up to you, he called you the N-word. Yeah. If he went out of his way to be an asshole, why on God's green earth does he not deserve <laughs> so many rights that he'll be begging for a left? You know what I mean? Like, oh yeah, I know. You, you should have filled the whole street up with uppercuts. <laughs> like, I don't get that. If you go out of your way, like, you know, sometimes there's accidental being an, an asshole. I know I I do it. Sometimes I'm an asshole on accident where I didn't realize, like, oh, I didn't know I was crossing the boundary. And I'll apologize for it. If someone ever calls me, I'll definitely apologize. Oh, I'm sorry, I didn't I didn't know that was offending you. Like, I'll I'll watch that. Yeah. But if it's clearly like, hey, N word. <laughs> anyone watching this too? If I say that to you. Come kick my ass. <laughs> you know why? Because I'm never going to say it to you. Right? But that being yeah. said, too, is like, that's how it should be treated. And not just in that regard. It could be towards anybody. Like, if someone walked up to my mom and called her a bitch to her face, oh, I promise you. <laughs> I got to be I promise. I'm not the same. Christ-like, what? <laughs> Don't forget. Someone disrespected Christ. Is, uh, if, you, if you're someone who is religious and you know this, uh, so people be like, hey, be Christ-like. Last time I checked, when someone disrespected his dad's home, he walked up with whips and started flipping tables, right? Am I wrong? Yeah. Someone checked me on that. Am right. I wrong? No, I'm not. <laughs> he had his limitations. Right? So even Jesus chose violence once in a while, <laughs> especially when it came to one of his parents. <laughs> so in that regard, yeah, like, no, someone walked up and called my mom a bitch to her face. What do you think I'm going to do? Well, well, damn, mom, maybe she'd be nice. <laughs> even if she is in a moment being a jerk, guess what? I still ain't going to let it fly because that's off right. T.O.P. You don't do it. Like, that's just how it is. Exactly. I don't know, guys. That's just, we don't want to get too tangible on that. But there's stuff like that. I just, I have to say, don't go out looking to instigate and start confrontation. But if someone is pushing you to it, I really hope damn well someone is willing to end confrontation. Now, that may not be through way of violence or fighting. If it's just words or you feel it's best to walk away, fine, then do it. But if they are persisting and it comes to a point of threatening you, uh, do what you need to do. I know plenty of people who pack. Yeah, <laughs> There's some people who are too trigger happy. That's a whole nother conversation <laughs> about guns we could get into. And we're not going to on this podcast, or at least right now. Yeah. On this episode. But uh, go ahead. Say? No, go ahead. I was going to say what you brought up earlier. I thought about Vito Corleone from The Godfather. You know, the, the, the father of mm-hmm. Michael. Mm-hmm. He was talking about, uh, this is after, too, his son, Sonny. You know, Corleone got shot up at the toll booth. And he gathered the all, you know, he gathered all the families of New York, you know, from all the five boroughs to his place and, you know, and then negotiated about a peace. And uh, Vito said this is a very powerful word. I will not be the one to break this treaty. That's it. He didn't do anything extra. He didn't go around, you know, gallivanting, going for revenge. He said, I'm tired of the violence. 
but I'm going to wipe the slate clean. But if it pretty much the, the, the rest of the words that I thought of when he said, I will not be the one to initiate or break this, uh, you know, this truce. My, my initial thoughts was, okay, but he's probably meaning afterwards as though, but if you break this truce, I will unleash hell. Because at that time, you know, the uh, Corleone family was the bigger family. Yeah, no, for real. Yeah, yeah. we all know that movie. And, and, yeah, yeah, exactly. So I was just, you know, I really liked Vito Corleone's, you know, uh, conflict resolutional skills. And I like that. You, you know? know what? Maybe that should be like our call to action on this episode. For everyone, you know, like wipe the slate clean with people. I, th- I think you should do that. Oh, yeah. I think and I think I need to do it too. Especially, especially with, you know, family. You know, let's just say you have conflict with family. For real, for just real. Let it go. Wipe the slate clean and not saying that you have to have an actual conversation with them, but you can set that standard in your head. Like, okay, I am now going to treat them the way I want to be treated. I'm going to respect them because maybe sometimes we get out of pocket. We think we're closer than we really are and we say stuff we don't mean. Yeah. You know, that, that like you said, I've been there before. I've done that. And it's, you know, wipe the slate clean, treat them the way you want to be treated, but then don't be the one who breaks the peace. I'm going to say it. Don't be the one who breaks the peace. But the second they break the peace, especially after you have set a standard, there should be an address about it. Like, hey, I don't appreciate that and I don't want to tolerate that anymore. That's not something I do. I'm asking you to stop. And if it comes to a point, they don't stop. It's like, again, wherever you are wherever you are with pulling the trigger on it, being an asshole, uh, this is actually something I've had to say. And I love it because it sets a tone. So this is something for everyone to use. I've actually used it in a professional manner as well. If I have to tell you this one more time, you're going to force me to be an asshole. Okay. Does that sound like, that sounds like I'm trying to have a middle ground. It sounds like you were trying to have that place of, we can still be civil. This is still repairable. But if, but it relies in your actions now. It's in yours actually. What I'm telling you is that if you do this again, this is your warning. You do this again, you're going to force me to be an asshole. Now, when I've used it in professional workplace, it meant potentially being written up or fired. When I've used it with relationships, it, it has never been to a point at the tip of my mind where I was thinking like, like fighting them per se, but it was to the point of like, I I'm just not going to mess with you anymore. Like you won't have a seat at my table. Don't ask me for stuff when you need it. Cause you do not, I'm not talking about you, Eric. You know what I mean? Though. Oh, yeah. Um, don't come to me when you need stuff. Like you can sit outside in the gutter for all I care and get wet. Like I don't, I won't care. Yeah. So and it's, you're not a bad person for setting boundaries. And if it creates confrontation because someone is pushing your boundaries, you are absolutely allowed to push someone back on the other side of them. And I just do it through that simple phrase. If I have to tell you this one more time, you're going to force me to be an asshole. And you know what? I've actually never had to deal with it another time because the person usually corrects themselves or removes themselves. Regardless, I don't care. Because there, there was times I said it to a worker and like later on, like you could tell a couple weeks later, I said, hey man, like I just don't think this is going to work out for me. I'm like, okay, totally understand. I, I really do hope you enjoy your job. No malice feelings. And that's fine. And if people choose to stay, then that means they respect your boundaries. And as long as you are respecting theirs as well, you never have issues. That's just, that's my take. That's my, that's my tangent. No, no, no shoot. That, that, that works. This is, this is back when you were a uh, dish, oh, dude, uh, dish yeah. network, right? Yeah, when I was it, – it, it's been several times now. Just yeah, another yeah. – again, professional – it uh, for professional reasons of all sorts. And again, with personal. Dang. So that's uh, – Well, I was going to say, yeah, no, you did it. You handled it better than me because when I was supervising back in Florida, I had to literally curse the staff out for him to leave. Like no one liked him and he was always rocking the boat on my shift. And he's always, you know, back talking, you know. So I was just like, nobody likes you. You know, and then he just he quit the next day. It's like, oh, thank God. <laughs> okay, well, that's one way of going about it. So, like, like I said, the reason I like that saying, and actually, it was funny. I heard it from a boss once a long time ago, um, but and I even told him this too. I went back to him because it made me fix my behavior, and I went back to him. I was like, you know, I've never forgotten that, and I was like, and I'm really happy you said that because it, t- it taught me actually about accountability. I know I'm not want to move this too far from confrontation to accountability. And we've been going on for like a little while now anyway. Oh, how long? Oh, we're like 50 minutes in, something oh, like that. Oh, gosh. I hate, I hate the conversation, but I hate going that long. No, it's fine. The people love listening to us. No. <laughs> so, but in this regard, I believe that when you tell someone, and you can form it however you want, however you want to format it. But when you tell someone like, this is, then if I have to tell you this one more time, you're going to force me to be an asshole. You're telling them that they need to be more accountable for what they do around you. And for some people, it will wake them up and they need to hear it. It changed me when I heard it. 
And I, and I remember I thanked him later on when it taught me accountability. And I can even say to this day that it has been a part of getting me to where I am and what I'm doing because I don't want someone to ever push them in a direction where they now have to look at me and say that again, where they have to be an asshole to me because of my decisions. Your decisions are what are going to choose people to be an asshole to you most of the time, taking that accountability. There have been times, even recently, I know I've been an asshole and it bit me in the ass and I didn't realize it. I didn't realize I was being an asshole. I was like, oh, okay, I need to check it. And the person set boundaries and now I've respected those boundaries because I needed to. So anyway, guys, well, we always appreciate you guys coming in and listening to us talk about our opinions that don't matter about anything. But hey, maybe like we maybe you have opinions that agree, that disagree. That's what's always great about it. Leave leave what your feelings are about it. We love this. We Eric and I love talking about how we handle different different situations. Some are similar and some ways we handle things are vastly different. Exactly. And like I mentioned before in one of the other previous ones, I want to say I embody the Greek tragedy because hey, I have a lot of Greek the, tragedies are when like you sleep with your mother and stuff. Well, minus, <laughs> minus the mother part, <laughs> I have a lot of potential, but a lot of baggage too, and screw up. That's true. I, <laughs> I get that. And so in the end days, you know, it'll be etched in history that McCray did all these wonderful things, but damn, did he do a lot of stupid shit up here too. <laughs> <laughs> Can't forget that. Right. Oh man. Well, anyway, guys, thanks again for coming into the swamp. We really appreciate all of you. Oh, dude, and mm. something you should know, too. I checked this last week. We have listeners in Ireland right now. Oh, thank God. Do you, do you know what city? No, I didn't get. I didn't oh, check okay. it. I just looked real quick. It's like, Ireland? What the hell? Nice. I was like, what? That's what's up. Nice. Now, nice. <laughs> also, too, shout out to uh, Kava in New Zealand. We got a new listener. Oh, in New Zealand? Yeah, I, yeah. Okay. Yeah, he just uh, chimed in. Congrats, man. Yeah. Welcome to the podcast, man. You know, we love everyone in the swamp most of the time. <laughs> I do love my Polynesians. <laughs> you got to. You got to. I'll tell you what, if you're a kid, if you feel, let me put it this way, not just a kid. If you feel that you are like so non-confrontational, but you are trying to break that, you want to be able to stand up for yourself, spend time around Polynesians. Yeah. They'll they are, teach you. They're good at conflict They'll resolution. Teach you. They'll teach you real quick. <laughs> Because, well, you know, I don't want to spoil the surprise. Go do that, though. Go go play rugby. Go stick up for yourself. More importantly, set boundaries. Defend those boundaries when appropriate. Don't be a bully or an asshole <laughs> intentionally. <laughs> I'm looking at you. Even though we are called the ogre in the ass. <laughs> don't post stuff on Facebook, which will definitely start. <laughs> which will definitely start problems. But, uh. Which I will lightly say in the darkest way, it was very funny. Being in a dark way. But anyway, I yeah. won't get into that. Yeah, nor yeah. are we going to endorse that. Yeah, we're not. But guys, thanks again. We appreciate you. We love you. We see you. But like always, and until next time, stay the hell out of our swamp.